0: This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. Today's podcast is with Sean and DeLa McDevitt. They are the owners of DLD Nation. Dana loves dumbbells. This couple is, this is like the definition of a power couple. Um, so we, e- even though we're all coaches and we're all fitness enthusiasts and we're all content creators in the fitness space and we could probably talk about a million different things around dieting and training, I decided to take a different approach and really talk about their story, talk about how they own a company together. They are entrepreneurs who are married and making it work successfully, which is rare in the space. Um, and really, just talk about personal development. How are they personally developing as a couple, as individuals, as entrepreneurs, as um, as a male, as a female, as trainers? Everything you can think of, personal development, we go into on this. We even share some personal stories on both sides of the spectrum to give you guys examples of how to put this personal development stuff into action. So I really think you're going to like this conversation. It was extremely authentic, extremely real and raw, um, and very relevant. So I think you guys are really, really going to enjoy this. If you do enjoy it, do me a huge favor. Post a screenshot of it on your story on Instagram and tag all three of us so we can thank you for listening to it and we can share it. Dala's Instagram is Dala Loves Dumbbells. Her name is spelled D A L A, which sounds like Dala, but it's Dala. And then Sean's is at Fitness Shaman. So there's three S's in there. So <laughs> fitness and then shaman with an S, um, a lot of S's. And then mine is Cody. Boom Boom. Tag us all three. We want to thank you. We want to share it on our story too. And we really hope you enjoy this podcast. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the episode with the one and only Dela and Sean McDevitt. Uh, <laughs> the first thing I want to get into is uh, and I guess we can just kind of like uh ladies first, of course. So we'll start with you and then we'll we'll, we'll shift over to Sean. But um, how'd you get into this space? Like how like why are you here? Has your background always been in fitness? Like what made you jump into this?
1: Yeah, so my background's actually in nursing and I was um a distance runner my whole life i actually didn't get a gym membership until i was like 26 years old for the first time and i started my instagram like dayla loves dumbbells as this um just like blog to be like hey how does a cardio girl get into the gym and what does that experience look like and so kind of just like posting workouts um posting things that i was learning about like protein and nutrition and really i was doing that and i was kind of just enjoying it like for fun for like two and a half years. But during that time, of course, like building an audience, building more of a following and people started asking me like, will you be my coach? Will you write my workouts? Um, and I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in love with this. So like, maybe I should try. And Sean was actually really um, crucial in encouraging me to do that. So I got online, I got a NASM cert and said like, yes, I will be your coach. <laughs> And now, you know, two and a half years later, here we are with uh, with Sean working for DLD and the whole staff, and uh, it kind of just snowballed.
2: The the origin story, Cody, is is kind of we're tied together, and we met before being coaches. So Dela was a nurse, labor and delivery nurse at um, one of the busiest hospitals in the state of Texas, and I'm going to shout her out. She actually won a ton of nurse of the year awards. There's an award called a Daisy Award. You have probably people in healthcare who are listening who know what that award signifies and I was working a sales gig for a tech startup and we met in the gym like uh, I swam uh, collegially for the University of Georgia so fitness being in the gym has always kind of been a part of my life and I saw this chick just like getting after it and so long story short I like said what's up at the gym and exchanged numbers and then we went on a date etc so we start dating and Dayla's now posting on Instagram because when we met she had a private account so she's now posting her story, like she was saying, and getting a lot of interest. And she actually, at the same time, got accepted to be uh, to go into what nursing graduate graduate school for nursing. Mm-hmm. And she came to me and she's like, "What? Like, what would you do?" And I was like, "Well, like, I want to hang out with you. And if you go back to school, I'm not going to be able to do that a ton. And you're going to go back into debt. But like, on this other side, you have this Instagram thing, and maybe that could take off and be something special. And like, who knows? You know, sky's the limit. Like. I even joked she could make like this like DLD empire because Dale loves dumbbells. And <laughs> they used to joke about it, it was like DLD. And so um, like Dayla said, she started posting, sharing her story. It really resonated with a lot of people looking to do the same. And then she started taking on clients and uh, in the beginning of 2018 and was doing so well with them that it started growing. And she turned to me and she was like, can you do some of the admin and onboarding? Like, can you help me out? And at this point, we were married. And so it was like a family business. And so I was doing the onboarding and admin stuff. And then middle of 2018, she's like, hey, can you take clients? Like, I will train you how to do this. You have a good background in fitness already. Like, I think we could do this. And then um, the end of 2018, that snowballed into both of us quitting our jobs.
1: He always tells the story better than I do. <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> it's actually always cool hearing it from two different perspectives. You know, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with, with my story. Like, I feel like every time I do an interview, it's different. <laughs> like, like the way I tell it is different, but I love that. It's really cool that you guys have, and this is something we're going to harp on today is, is in a good way, but like how you guys do it together, which I think is really rare, but it's even more rare how that came about, you know, like it's almost like it wouldn't be a thing if it wasn't for both of you, which is really, really cool. Um, And it's cool that the DLD thing actually stuck. And now it really is
2: like,
1: I know that is cool.
2: <laughs> no, but you're still right, Cody. Like it is a, uh... We used to joke that um, when we first met, like, I don't know how nurses are paid in Washington state, but in Texas, they aren't paid that great. And like, they should get paid more. And so when we moved in together. Like I, in my job was able to sort of like cover for Dela. And so I was like, yo, you can still do your nursing thing and like do the Instagram thing and like all pay for rent. I was already paying it anyway. We were living in like a 500 square foot studio apartment. And it was like, let's just try to like chase our dreams and help each other out. And then over time, you know, Dayla started being more successful with coaching. And then, you know, I joined her and it was like, oh, now like Dayla has the opportunity to like help me out and and help me like work with her, work together and, and do something for ourselves.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's, it's, it's honestly really rare. It's really rare to see that. And it's rare to see it done successfully. You know what I mean? I think there's a lot of people, um, I mean, I, I've even suggested and been told this suggestion of like, be careful with that you know, like be careful doing it together because it can get messy for a lot of people, but the fact that you guys are able to do it well is is really, really inspiring. It's really cool.
2: Yeah. I appreciate that, man. It's not like there, you know, it's not like we have our, don't have our speed bumps (laughs) and like challenges. And we talk about this a lot, like on our Instagram and podcast, just communication and like being open and honest um, with each other. And I think like, you know, you're, you and your wife, your family, you guys have an amazing relationship, at least it seems that way via Instagram. And that's sort of the main thing. Like, if you can always come back to like, hey, like, we're in this together. Um, Also, I think because we both like our, our hero's journey, if you will, was together. And so it's always like, it comes back to like, hey, like, we're in this, it's you and me, like, at the end of the day, that like, let's, let's push out all the external distractions, so to speak.
0: Yeah, I actually like love to dive in, get both your guys' opinion on kind of that topic, because I think that like, you, you said it perfectly, like, you guys have a great relationship, or at least it seems on Instagram. And I made a post about that. Like Instagram's not reality. And granted, I post a lot of pictures of me and my wife happy, my daughter smiling. She's two. She throws the <laughs> craziest temper tantrums you'll ever see. But why am I going to post that? You know, it's just negativity. And I think people get stuck yeah. in this like, oh, it's just a highlight reel. Well, no, it's just that I don't want to post negative things that are going to get you down because what's the point of that? It doesn't serve any anything. But what are the like, the, the, of course, the pros and the benefits, but also the struggles that you guys have have grown from throughout trying to do this together and work through.
1: Um, well, you know to shout Sean out too, I think one of the biggest themes was the gender role reverse. Um, because as he said, whenever we got together, I was making like 43 grand a year. I had 92 K in debt. We lived in a 500-square-foot studio together. Didn't have a wedding. We couldn't afford it. You know, we were splitting the rent in a studio. And that was what we got married in, had our first, like, almost two years of marriage in. And he was the breadwinner. And he was, like eight years into his career he was like a big dog at his career he was published he was speaking he was like jet-setting you know all around on like company trips i was,
2: was jet-setting to seattle and i would pass by the <laughs> Renton exit and i'd be like there's this guy i follow cody like maybe i could get a out there <laughs>
1: so that's what when
2: daila says jet-setting she's like portland seattle <laughs> yeah
1: and to me to me it seemed like he was just a jet-setter yeah because his career was like taking off and so successful and um What was fascinating about it is he just never acted superior to me in any way. He would always speak to me like I was the one with more potential, which is just representative of how humble he is. He was just always like, Yeah, don't go to grad school, keep making 40 grand a year, and let's put photos of you on Instagram. You know, he was like, You're amazing. And that recipe that you made is amazing. And that workout that you filmed is amazing. And he just acted like almost like a proud parent, like wherever every little thing that I did was just like absolutely spectacular. And so he really instilled a lot of confidence in me. And then, you know, when it came time where I was like, I'm over here, like Michael, I'm, I'm successful. I have a lot of clients. I'm making a lot of money. I need you to help me out with my work. He was just like, fuck yeah, let's do it and let's do it together. And then whenever I was like, Hey, I need you to give up your career actually. Like I need you to quit your job. And I think we could really make something out of this. He was like, hell yeah, let's do it. Let's do it together. And then whenever it, you know, the company became DLD Nation and it, and I really became the face of it. And I was like, what if we do this? And what if we, you know, bring on assistant coaches? And he was just like, Hell yeah! Let's do it. Let's do it together. And we have had a number of like you know conversations, kind of having to visit that, how we feel about that, how Sean's felt about that, how I feel about that. But um, at the end of the day, we just always came back to like. We're married. It's all us. It really is all us at the be- at the end of the day. And for the first half of being together, Sean was kind of like the leader and the breadwinner and taking care of it. And then if if I were to shift more into that role, just because of the company that we started, at the end of the day, like DLD Nation is the two of us together. And whether or not one person is in the leadership role, um, we're both benefiting.
0: I think that's really cool. It's 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 definitely again rare, uh, just because. I think the, and I'd love to get your take on this, Sean, like the role of masculinity is, is very lost and confused to a lot of men in today's society. Um, but I also want to compliment you, Sean, of, of being what I, I think that's the, the, the trait of a visionary because I even remember when I first started, I was, I wasn't even in shape yet and I was trying to change my degree and start being a personal trainer. And so many people were like, that sounds so Illogical and and just like what you said hey, don't go to graduate school, just post on Instagram. Like, completely illogical, but he could see a vision for what it could become. You know, I could see a vision, and it took like person after person after person to finally find somebody who was like, You could do it if you wanted to, like, if you really got after it. And now, like, I'm like laughing, I'm like, Thank fucking God, I switched my degree while I was still a chubby kid. But, um, Sean, uh, like, I kind of just to carry off of what she was saying, like, what did go through your mind? Like, how did you make that shift? And then like your thoughts on that whole like masculinity role?
2: Yeah, for sure. And those are great questions, Cody. The, the first one, I'm a big team guy. Um, even though I grew up in LA with like the Kobe and Shaq era Lakers, I do not use them for how to like get together as a team. I instead use like D-Wade and LeBron and how when LeBron showed up in Miami and like, forgive me for those listening who aren't into sports, Um, D-Wade after the first year (laughs) I was gonna try to pick up like a Seahawks I was like man could I go in the bag and Uh, grab like a Sonics reference it's any
0: sport it's any sport I'm so bad with it it's hilarious because my my friends give me shit all the time because I'm just like clueless out of the the sport talk but I but I know who Kobe and LeBron and all that is so continue on yeah Yeah.
2: And, (laughs) and you can probably attest too Cody is that like the, the sum should be, you know, the whole should be greater than the parts. Mm. And so I always sort of look back on the LeBron D. Wade thing because their first year they clashed because it was big egos. D. Wade was already going to be a Hall of Famer. LeBron was going to be a Hall of Famer and they didn't win. They didn't, you know, they, they set out to win a championship and they didn't do it. And so going into the next year, D. Wade backed up and publicly said, hey, LeBron, it's your team. You do it. You'll take the shot, whatever. But like the days you're not feeling it, I'll put up the points. When you need someone to rebound a pass, I'll do that. I got you. Because the goal at the end of the day is to win rings. I could give a shit like how many MVPs I win. And then they went on to win, you know, two in a row. And so I always thought of that with our relationship, whether it was like when we first got together, it was like, yeah, traditional gender roles. I was making more money. But like I was so impressed by this woman who like handled her shit. She was on top of her finances. She was like very responsible. And she took care of like the things that I didn't. And so then when, you know, halfway through our marriage, things started to shift and like Dayla was bringing in more money, which would be like the traditional male role. I like literally told her, I was like, I'm going to start like doing the laundry. I'll start doing the dishes. I'll start cleaning up around the house because I recognize that this is somewhat shifting and like I have some more time. That's not to say it always stayed that way. Like there was a moment when I joined Dayla and like my client roster was like getting up to where Dayla's was and I was still doing all the stuff around the house. And so then I brought it up and I was like, could we come up with some sort of solution to where we like split these things? And like, thankfully I have a very supportive and like understanding wife, she was like, oh yeah, you're right. Like you're doing way more of this. Like we should start divving the duties up and support each other. As far as what you're talking about, like um, masculinity, I think there's a spectrum of guys. It's like the machismo macho bullshit. And then the like, is he gay side? <laughs> that's like the spectrum. <laughs> I'm more on the like metro side and I've always Closer
1: to <laughs> is he gay? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> even I have um, you can see in the video I have an equality sign on my ring finger and because I have it, I grew up in Los Angeles ton of gay friends my yeah. parents from the design industry so I thought it was normal. And then I moved, you know, go to Georgia to swim and they like hated gay people. I'm like, what is going on? So it was really important (laughs) to me to express, you know, my values and my thoughts on that. And then Dayla saw it when we first met and she was like, are you gay? So like, I already have that side of the spectrum to me. Um, But I've, like, I think where people fall short is they're not flexible enough to understand that masculinity and masculine energy doesn't need to all the time a hundred percent be like the biggest voice in the room and like the biggest person in the room like it can have softer traits like i was actually on a podcast with a friend yesterday talking about men being okay crying and it's like hey it's okay to cry as a man like it's okay to feel feelings we have them too like let's work through them together and at the same time i think there is from my experience and i'd love your take on it too cody going to be like this feminist revolution, like DeLa, um, a few of our other friends we have, I know you sat down with Hannah Deindorfer, like all of those are these young women who are like CEOs making a huge impact. And so it's understanding that like, you know, we, we, were, we were working under this one paradigm of men sort of owning shit for so long. But now as we've developed over the last couple hundred years, like more rights for women, more ability to do stuff like the sort of uh, traditional at home roles have changed. I think we're gonna start seeing more women and so uh, in positions of power and not that I thought about it at the time, but thinking about it now, it's like, I I kind of wanted to be on the right side of history. And for me, the guys who used to crack the jokes of like, oh, you know, women should only be in the kitchen or go make me a sandwich always rub me the wrong way. So it's like, I can, you know, I can still lift and like go play sports and like do the guy stuff, but I can also be in touch with my feelings. And I think people, should know that they can do that too. I think, I think it's uh, it, on
0: both sides. I think I agree with the movement of, of women being that route. And I think that there's a movement of men understanding that on a deeper level, you know? And I think that like, for me, it took studying, like actually the industrial revolution basically wired men to be how we are today. We just think like, wake up, work, sex, food, sleep. Like that's just <laughs> like, a beat, right. And that doesn't lead to happiness, a good family, anything right success because you're it's just going through the motions um but you're wired in your brain that like that's just what you're good for is making money and making babies i guess and and it sounds so crazy for some people listening but if you really like look back to how society changed through the industrial area and how like factories opened and how wives always stayed at home like it's crazy how that is and i think it does wire people to be a certain way especially men um but i think that movement is getting better like i mean So for me, like me and my brother are polar opposites, love them to death, but we're just polar opposites. My wife's a stay at home mom and I'm the breadwinner and and I'm a hustler and I have to do this kind of stuff. My brother's a stay at home dad and his wife is the breadwinner and she's, and and he loves it. He's such a good dad. He's just super (laughs) chill dude. Just sits at home, skateboards and fucking raises his kid. And that's just the diff, like there's just different personalities. So I think it's less about gender and more about personality types, if that makes
2: sense. Yeah, and and roles that people fill. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, no, we would completely agree with that. What's interesting, you bring up like personality type, right? Um, We recently got into like the Enneagram. And our Enneagram personality types, which is just like, you know, an interesting thought experiment and it tells you kind of like what your values are, like how much like rest you need or self-care. And we even realized like looking at our personality types that I'm more of like the obsessive workhorse, like can do like the 12, 14 hour days, kind of like for days on end and realize that Sean is much more of like a high achiever, high performer, but really needs Work life balance, and so even looking at that and really like kind of taking a deep dive into our personality types also helped us understand like the fluidity of gender roles and how it you know maybe let's just take our genders out of it and let's just think about ourselves as individuals and our personalities.
0: I think, think, yeah, well, you guys going into that probably applies like for coaches listening, it applies to your clients so much, like learning how to communicate and to each other and learning how you guys' personalities interact together it's so helpful as a coach to like Mm -hmm. you know put that on like i don't know if you guys have read um which is one of the questions i want to ask you guys about if you do any personal development together as a couple not necessarily yourself which we'll get into in a sec but like as a couple like i mean for example the most famous book the five love languages that's a great book for communicating to your clients. Like it's actually really crazy how much it applies to your clients. Of course it helps marriages too. Um, but are there things you guys are doing like that to be able to get to the place you're at right now? I know you guys are good friends with um, Jordan and Aaron as well. And it's something that I've talked to them on and off podcasts about because they're really good about that. Um, and I admire it a lot. So I'm always curious about what you guys are doing to be able to operate at this level.
2: Yeah, um, it's a great question. The one is um again, Hannah Deindorfer. Like, she's she was actually Dela's like first business coach and Dela was her first client. So it was kind of like fun for them to rise together. But as it was going on, and like we didn't always have a two-bedroom apartment, we we didn't always have our space. Like we would literally, Cody kind of work this close and like do voice memos to our clients and just like ping pong. So occasionally we'd leave like a 10-minute voice memo and you turn and be like, I'm sorry, and be like, <laughs> like All right, now it's my turn. And so a couple of times Hannah would come over for a meeting and we would be like at odds and Hannah would sit down to us and like basically coach us through it and give us like little tips to move forward and like little exercises that we could do. So those were extremely helpful. Um, Something that we talk about a ton is we're consistently trying to work on ourselves as people and it's being vulnerable and like open with your partner and trusting that they love you and they have your best interest in mind. But there have been a ton of things that we had as just ticks, you know, little habits that we had that, we continue to get better on and like, we'll shout each other out. Even if it's in conflict, like if one of us is pissed about something, we try not to, um, you know, raise our voice or like ratchet up the intensity, but we'll even say in the moment, like I may express an insecurity and I'm like, Hey, I'm trying to deal with this. And Dayla will be like, Hey, you're handling this a lot better than you have previously. And so we try to build on those things.
1: Yeah. I think you touched on something good. Like what's been probably most helpful for us is, um, honestly are helping each other work on our childhood trauma. And, like, recognizing that a lot of our core fears and, the like, why we act the way that we do today is based on, like, deep-seated, like, beliefs or pains or triggers that we've never really had partners that we felt like we could work on that with. And so sometimes the focus is more on him. Sometimes the focus is more on me. But we've probably seen the best improvement of, like, our relationship just helping each other um, heal old wounds.
0: What made you guys – dig into that? Like what triggered that? Because I think that's something that it might be subconscious, but a lot of people avoid, you know, and, and some people kind of gloss over because they don't think like, oh, like I didn't struggle. It wasn't like I didn't have a horrible childhood, but there were things that were deep rooted in their brain that made them act a certain way. And it's continuing these bad habits. But what triggered you guys to start digging into
2: that? That's a good question. Yeah,
1: it is a good question. I, th- I think I mean, I'd have to like give some credit to my mama right now (laughs) because she actually would always say growing up don't think about what somebody said to you, think about why they're saying it. And she always put this idea in my mind that you know the things that we say are usually just like a cover for like what's really going on inside. And then I read the book in college, um, The Four Agreements, which completely transformed like my life and was really powerful for me. And I loved the everything everyone thinks, feels, says and does is a projection of their own reality. And to this day, I literally probably say that quote every single day, it's just been super impactful for us. And Sean feels similarly to me. So we would kind of be in fights, and you know, you're like two to three hours into a fight, and you're just sitting there and you're miserable, and you're talking about like who put the vacuum away or something. (laughs) And and then you're looking at each other, and you're like, where is this coming from? And I think that we were just so fatigued by talking about the surface level bullshit that we were like, okay, Brene Brown, power of vulnerability, like, let's, you know, pick off the scab and like look below.
0: I love that. Sean, do you have anything to add to that? Or would you agree? Yeah,
2: I I would agree with that. Um, Also, you know, I was, um, I was married before DeLa and divorced. And that was like my worst fear ever. Because I'm an only child and my parents were great. Like they never hit me, they never touched me inappropriately. But they would like have drag out fights and like threaten to leave each other. And so I remember being a kid like, you know, tears down my face trying to like prevent one of them from like going for a walk, you know, just needing some space. And then fast forward and my first marriage deteriorates and then I get a divorce. And so I really got deep into like, okay, how can I fix myself? And there's a great like statistic that I got from a Deepak Chopra book, which said that when there's a traumatic life event, like a divorce, death in the family, whatever it is, 85% of people turn to drugs and alcohol to numb the pain. And 15% like get a therapist, talk to friends and family, like go inward. And the book was like, I'll let you guess which group is more successful at like healing themselves more quickly. And so I had already done a lot of research into my own personal motivations and like intrinsic motivations from my past, et cetera, through that healing process. And it's funny because we always talk about it, Cody, we get kind of woo woo with it, but like the timing for me and Dayla to meet was like almost perfect. And I truly believe that I've gone through that work myself. Like I can't speak for Dayla to then be in a space to be able to like be with someone like her. Um, and then like Dela said, it's it's being vulnerable in the moment with each other. And when you're with your partner, because you can't like, you know, I I'd tell Dela at like she said, you know, you're, you're two hours into an argument. And I just be like, yeah, like this thing happened to me when I was 10. And my parents did XYZ and like, it's fucked me up. And then you, you can only do that if you trust someone 100%. You can be vulnerable. And then Dela's like, wow, I as a 30,000 foot viewer can see how that instance has like made you who you are today. So like, do you want to unwind that? Do you want to get better at that? And Dayla's done the same thing with me.
0: I'd love to dive into what you guys do separately too, because like something you just said, like just kind of triggered a, a thought. And actually I've never even shared this on a podcast before, but um, something that I think is really common, especially with guys is uh, like, I always say like the saying, like I'm good, right? So how's work? It's good. How are you? I'm good. You stressed? No, I'm good. Like, how are you feeling? I'm right. good. Like everything's just good. Always good. Like you're, you know, you never really, you never want to brag about yourself or talk about how great things are going because you're too humble and you don't want to say you're struggling with anything because your ego. Um, and there was a point where I was almost like a robot and I was saying that to everybody. And I was, it, it was a really weird time. And there was one day where my wife was like, Hey, are you good? And I like, couldn't get the words out. And I started crying. And it was like, I'm not like, I'm fucked up right now. And in my head, you know? And being vulnerable, like opened a, a, a window or a door of conversation with me and her that like changed everything for me. And it allowed me to start shifting. And then I started digging into this whole idea of like, why the ego does this. Um, and I went down like a rabbit hole of personal development. But I think both of you guys, from from what I can tell, do really well at personal development together and separately. So I'd love to uh, we'll start with you Dela, But like, wh- what are you doing now? And what has changed your life personally, that you think is contributing to all this success?
1: Yeah, so um, I'm going to bring up Hannah Deindorfer again. Shout out to Hannah. Yeah, I know. Well, you know her too. Aside from business coaching, she is a life coach. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's really where she shines. And she's like a life coach and relationship coach. And she um, really can help you just deep dive. And I've been working with her now for like 14 months, and she's life coached me even more than she's business coached me. And allowing that, you know, allowing somebody to be like, do you notice that? You're doing this, or have you ever asked yourself about your resentment towards that? Or have you ever thought that if you're blaming Sean for this, that maybe there's responsibility that you can take there? And I think that we all have moments, hopefully, in our lives where like little things like that will come up. And you kind of have to make a choice if you're actually going to like sit back and think about it and like look at yourself, or if you're going to be like, no, screw you, you're wrong, you have it backwards, screw that person. And now I'm going to run away from you, Hannah Deindorfer, you know, and I'm going to stop working with you. Anyone that's like, you know, making me take that harder look at myself and instead kind of like re-upping on that, like doing the hard work, getting uncomfortable, like seeing your ego, like take a few beatings and then kind of going back for more and saying, and saying, what else? and um you know in that same vein i've encountered some people in austin that friendships with them made me very uncomfortable the kind of people that make you get really vulnerable the kind of people that make you like talk about your biggest fears and divulge your deepest darkest secrets on wine night the kind of people that like hold hands and like chant and meditate together and make really long eye contact whenever they have dinner parties and they do little, little like ceremonies. And it all made me so unbelievably uncomfortable. And I thought a million times about running away from people like Hannah and running away from people like those friends. And then I realized that the discomfort was, you know, that growth. And that these people were getting me out of my like surface level ego. I'm perfect. I'm doing everything right. This is a popularity contest. I want to be the coolest person in the room to like, let me shed all of that and actually become like a, and develop these deeper connections with people, be a deeper thinker and get happier in, in the process. So really finding that discomfort and go and doubling down on it.
0: I love that you brought up people you're shining yourself with because that was one of the things I'd list to ask you guys. But tell me if you agree with this statement: great coaches ask the best questions, and, and the best clients are willing to answer those questions.
1: Oh, absolutely, a hundred percent. I think that's I think that said perfectly. And not that the great coaches like you know give all of the answers and then the clients don't do any thinking. You I described would, it perfectly. I would add
2: to that um, a coach shows their expertise via the questions that they ask yeah and that the good coaches will ask the right questions to get the client to answer in the way that they need to mm-hmm.
0: i agree and i think that's honestly that's like hannah's gift like she's so good at she even like i don't know if you guys listen to the podcast i did with her but she like almost like flipped it and like oh, totally questions I was like wait hold oh, on when she <laughs> will <laughs> you're, you're, you're
2: like am i on your podcast
0: i'm now? interviewing you stop <laughs> but um, and she did that to me in I think we were in Scottsdale when we all yeah. first met. And, and when I, like, I had a few drinks in me, but I was talking to her and like, within like f- five minutes, I'm like just telling all my personal information. And I'm like, wait, what's your name <laughs> In a corner like, crying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone
1: always gets to a moment with her when they're like, wait a minute, what do you do for a living?
0: <laughs> yeah, she's really, really good at it. But I think that's like, I've always had a life coach. Um, and most of them don't like being called life coaches that I've worked with. But I, every time I'm like, you're helping me with life. You're not just business. You're not just fitness, anything like that. And, uh, time after time, the best coaches I've ever had always asked me the best deepest questions and make me get uncomfortable. Like every time I had one coach that literally basically forced me to do improv, like (laughs) just to like get me uncomfortable. And I like really didn't want to do it. So I ended up getting in a car, not knowing where we were going and guess where we showed up in Hollywood at improv. And I was like, shit in my pants it was scary. So, but the point is, is he, he was constantly trying to get me to do more things that made me uncomfortable and asking me deep rooted questions that I didn't want to answer. You know, I think that's, that's huge that you said that.
2: Yeah. It's funny you say that Cody. I told Dela, we do these mindset training calls with our team and we started them during COVID during quarantine, because obviously like we were talking about before recording this COVID sort of pointed out that we really need to focus on mindset as coaches and so we were like well we have this huge team like everyone's doing meetings on zoom now so i started hosting these mindset training sessions and the first couple like not that many people showed up and so i'm getting used to like five people whatever and then i log in there's like 30. and obviously you know it, it, it it signified that we were doing a good job but i felt my heart race i was like oh god like i'm getting nervous and I got off, and I told Dayla I was like, "Dude, there were 30 people on Dayla's. Like, how'd that feel?" And I was like, "I was so nervous and so anxious." And I paused, and I was like, "But I haven't felt that way in a long time, and I know that that feeling like brings growth." So I was like, "Even though I'm nervous, I'm like really excited about this."
0: Yeah, I think it's a, you have to force yourself in those situations. It's even like uh, when I when I saw you guys, there was like 130 people at that event. I was scared shitless, even though I knew a lot of people were like there to learn from me. I was I was so scared to get up there, but like for me, and I think as you do that, you start to go like, this is going to suck in a way, but like, I'm so excited for how I'm going to feel afterwards, because you know, it's going to like, just add to your growth. But a lot of people don't have that mindset of like, doing this uncomfortable thing is going to feel good
2: later, you know? Yeah, 100%. That's also the gym, right? Like,
1: I was I- just gonna say, it sounds like a workout.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Or like I literally did a check-in today for a client who was like, oh man, I've been struggling to get to the gym, but I feel great after I do it. And I'm like, hold on to that. Like that'll get you out of bed in the morning.
0: Yeah. hundred percent agree. Um, so, so Sean, with you, like personal development stuff, like what have been the game changers for you and what are you currently doing?
2: Yeah. So, um, obviously like when you and I first met, I shouted you out a ton and for those listening, like I followed Cody for a really long time and I used to like pass by that rent exit. And I was like, man, if I can get my shit together, before meetings in Seattle like maybe I can take Uber down there and like get a quick workout and be like hey man what's up I love your stuff Um, (laughs) and so yeah and so um, part of like personal development is um, sort of like and you kind of touched on this a little bit Cody but surrounding yourself with good people and so I've been very fortunate in that especially through swimming I've been around really good pockets of individuals so for instance um, when I was swimming here in Austin, I swam with a lot of guys who eventually went on to make the Olympics, and I didn't really realize it at the time how special that was. But then as I got older, I realized like, wow, I, I keep getting included in these amazing groups. And so it's like now that I'm aware of that, and like one of our favorite sayings for our clients is awareness precedes change. Once I'm aware of it, now I can you know double down on it. Now I can actually do you know act towards this goal. And so both Dale and I are big fans of um, trying to seek out people who have similar goals, they're striving toward the same, towards the same things, and they're also great people. And we leave interactions feeling good and feeling positive, feeling supported. Um, but in addition to the group, uh, for me personally, reading uh, books, so like I mentioned, you know, following you for a while, you once uh, posted like performance nutrition, which I've now recommended to a ton of clients and a ton of people looking to get into coaching. I'm a big fan of reading. Um, I'm a big fan of like Tim Ferriss and his compilations of what people do to be successful who are Mm -hmm. titans in their own right, whatever that is. Um, Big time meditator. Um, YouTube videos are great.
1: You journal and goal set really well.
2: Yeah. And then trying to, uh, yeah, just continue like be a lifelong learner, but it's challenging when you're out of school and no one's giving you a curriculum. You have to create that curriculum yourself. And it's really cool that we've now surrounded ourselves with amazing people here in Austin. Like we all share resources and we share books and we share documentaries and like things that we all, that will help us all, you know, be better, not only as coaches, but as people.
0: I love that. I, I love the quote. I've said this so many times, awareness precedes change. It's so, so, so huge. If, if you don't know you can't change it. Right. And I think mm-hmm. I have a friend that um, he was interested in personal development and stuff. And I'd be like, Oh, dude, like, you should check out this book. Oh, well, I don't read. Like, I just, I fucking hate reading. I'm like, oh, well, there's an audiobook, and it's so dry. I can't, I can't stand listening to audio Well, you should start journaling. I don't know how to journal. I'm like, dude, you have to change in order to see the change you want to see. Like, and you have to be aware that like, and, and this is what's cool about Tim Ferriss's stuff. I love biographies because you can learn about how individuals live their life and, and yeah. successful individuals at that. Um, and, and seeing like the commonalities, like you said, meditate, you said reading this, you said surround yourself. Like if you look at every successful person, it's like, Oh yeah, they do that too. They do that too. That's actually why I started meditating. I was like, so resistant of it. And I was like, it can't be like a coincidence that all these successful and happy people meditate. There has to be something to it. It's a blueprint. That's
2: what it is. Totally. Um, I can hit you with a stat too. The difference between titans of industry, like people who have, you know, CEOs, they're fortune 500 they read on average 35 books a year. Do you want to guess how many books the average American reads?
0: I think I know this. I think
2: it's like eight. One and, one and a half. One <laughs> One. Yeah, well, that was Can not get through the
1: second one? So like you shit. said, Cody,
2: if people want to make a difference in their life, you're right, meditation. Like in Tim Ferriss' books, he says that like 80% of the people he interviews meditate in the morning. So rightly so, you were like, I better fucking start meditating. Mm-hmm. And when I read that stat about the books, I was like, well, if I want to just like, if if there are these blueprints and these things that I can do to be better, that's an easy one. And if I fail, quote unquote, and I read 10 books in a year, 12 books in a year, that's still better than the one and a half yeah. everybody else is averaging. One and a half, that is
0: crazy. But that, I mean, but again, like, success leaves clues. Like that's so cool to, to, to see that. And I think um, the last thing I want to say about what you, what you went through is the journaling. Like if you have any tips for that, I get that all the time. Like, well, what should I journal? And to me, it's, it's really about reflection. And again, going back to awareness proceeds change. If you don't reflect on what's going on in your life, you will never be aware of what needs to change. Right. Mm-hmm. But what, what are you doing? Like both of you guys, how are you journaling? What are you journaling? Like, what do you use that as a tool?
2: you want me to go? Yeah, you go first. Um, I agree with you, Cody, I think journaling, and this is what, we were actually on a Zoom with our team last night, <clears throat> excuse me, talking about why journaling. And like I'm sure in y'all's relationship, like you and your wife talk about something and you're really not getting it. Like she can tell you a million times or you can tell her a million times and then maybe like your brother says something or like a friend of her says something and then one of y'all is like, oh, I get it immediately. And that's because like you guys, us, are like so in the weeds, you know, we can't see the forest for the trees, right? And so journaling allows us to do that by ourselves. And so when you journal and you just like write out cuz I tell people it doesn't need to be like a dear diary type journal. It can just be like a stream of consciousness, right. or like writing down things that come up to you. But then when you get it down on paper, you can be that 30,000-foot viewer and you can look at your shit and be like, "Oh, I want to fix that. That sucks. Let me do that. That's great. Let me do more of that." Da da da. da. And so instead of, you know, for those people who can't hire a coach or they, they don't have the monetary, you know, ability to do so. Like journaling is a great way to apply that to their own life personally.
0: I think it's almost like a door to coaching too. You know, like, I, like me and my wife have the same life coach and like sometimes, like you said, like hearing it from two different perspectives or like discussing the same topic with two people, it's, it's night and day, you know, especially the more emotionally bought in you are with somebody, the more I think sometimes it actually gets clouded, unfortunately. Um, but I love that. I think, I think journaling is almost like self-coaching in a way. Mm-hmm. Do you journal as well?
1: Yeah, yeah. I love journaling. And some of the best advice that I ever got for journaling was um, sit down and brain dump without judgment. Mm-hmm because like that was something that I too was like, okay, well, what's the prompt? And like, am I answering the prompt? Well, and what's funny is I think like going back to grade school, you know, you're taught how to write, you're taught how a paragraph needs to sound and it has to flow and your papers are reviewed. And if you, if you stray from the idea, then you get an F and it's unclear. And so when you take that pen to paper, you're kind of like, I had this immediate like this needs to be perfect. I actually competed in writing in high school at like um state events and stuff and so I always had this pressure that it needed to be something and then it just clicked for me one day when somebody was like no 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 don't even think about what you're going to write. Sit down, put music on, light some incense, light a candle, like you know, set the mood for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but um and then just start Brain dumping, like Sean said, stream of consciousness, and that you're not allowed to judge any of the statements that come out. And they would like just ferociously dump all over the paper, and don't even think about the sentence that you just wrote. Just keep writing, and then you're gonna look back on it um, on it afterwards. And I felt like once I went into journaling with that mindset, I was actually able to use journaling that the way. It's intended to.
2: I love how you said that you wanted to set the mood because um, I can say this. I mean, obviously it's changing, but like you're in Washington state and it's legal, but I'd smoke a little weed and then journal. And it's amazing the epiphanies that come to you. And I like would earmark the page and I'm like, Oh man, I need to do this more.
0: <laughs> so uh, I think uh, it, I do this thing called the stack. Right. And it, it's something that I have from, from a coaching group that I did. did. And it, it's kind of stemmed from a book. T- um, have you guys ever read loving what is Mm-hmm. You, would, you would love that book. No, no pun intended. Love what but, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Loving what is by Byron Katie. Um, I actually enjoy the audiobook more because you hear her talking clients through um, the situations after each like, section. It's, it's one of the most powerful books I've ever read of how she got out of depression. And, but it's, it's about asking yourself the right questions and specifically about judging yourself and judging others and I do something almost daily and it's like a series of questions for a journal prompt. And uh, the first one is um, who or what has made you angry, sad, upset, pissed, like all these irritated and you have to say it yourself for this reason or this person for this reason. And then after that, it's if you could scream at this person, what would you say? And it's like getting the rage out and it's really kind yeah. of dark sometimes, but then halfway through it flips the script and you have to rewrite the story with your name and open up scenarios where you do the same exact thing and you're probably just a hypocrite the like some so for me like if if we're me and my wife are in like an argument or anything i'm i'm gonna go do a stack and i'll just like go (laughs) right and then i come back way more logical and less emotional and i'm like all right here you know what i mean and we can just like talk through it but it's um but the thing about it is it's very uncomfortable and it's very hard to write without fear of judgment nobody else is going to read this so it doesn't matter what i say but you're so afraid of putting it on paper so i love that you put that without judgment because i think that's that's the hardest thing and it's actually it's funny because i had a couple more questions i wanted to ask you guys today and, and i wanted to kind of stay away from fitness just because we always talk about fitness and when i think of you two and like what i respect and love about you guys it's it's not necessarily fitness i know you guys know your shit but to me it's it's personality it's it's personal development it's success it's you guys being together your your positive mindsets like just meeting you guys was so cool because i didn't i had no idea who you were and you were so opening and cool and same with jordan like that whole group of people um but one of the things i wanted to talk to you guys about is judgment and comparison like we're in a social media age and we're online coaches who are constantly on social media how do you guys find balance with that and i know balance is kind of one of those words i always say balance is bullshit because i think and i guess we could spin this to like how do you guys balance your relationship but you're going to spend the most time on whatever needs the most attention which means there is no balance from a time perspective but how do you guys stay being present how do you guys avoid that comparison avoid judgment all those kind of things i know it's like a whole bunch
2: of shit wrapped yeah, up. yeah yeah another
1: another favorite quote is a uh, comparison is the thief of joy i was
2: i was literally going to be like do you want it do you
1: want it? yeah <laughs> who wants to drop it <laughs> obviously we're really into helpful quotes like that And then um, I always tell myself, you know, there's always going to be a million people more successful than me. And there's always going to be a million people, you know, less successful than me that I can help. And just recognizing that that's incessant and that that's always going to exist and you can't fix it. I think that sometimes people get caught up in the rat race of comparing themselves to that person right in front of them. And then even if they can surpass them, then there's another like enemy right in front of them. And then there's somebody else, you know, right in front of them. And they're just so obsessed with trying to like chase the ladder to the top that like, you know, their own values are being stripped or like their, their mission, they're not in alignment with their mission anymore, or they're letting like quality and actually giving a shit about people fall to the wayside. And, um, I can't remember where I heard this. I think it's from like a book or somebody famous, but it was like the 30-30-30 rule, rule, that 30% of the people in your life should be your mentor that you're learning from. 30% of the people in your life should be your peer. And then 30% of the people in your life should be somebody that you are actively mentoring and that you always want to stay um, right in the middle. And then I can't remember what the other 10% was. It might have been for like romantic partners or something. But it was saying that it is best and that you will thrive best as a human if you're right in the middle. And so you know, when you're caught in that moment of comparison just thinking like, no, 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 that person's in my 30. Like that, that person kind of like needs to be there in that space to keep me balanced.
2: I love that. It's been challenging. It's been challenging for me. um, Just being completely honest. Also, because I think, you know, Instagram is a, it's like a voyeuristic aesthetic medium. And just speaking plainly, women have more followers than men. And Mm -hmm. even though I try to meditate and disassociate myself from like likes and followers and comments, like it does impact a little bit. Also, the fact that, you know, Dayla's following is larger than mine. And so I've had to continue to practice this and, and remind myself that, you know, one, following doesn't matter. Um, two, at the end of the day, you know, we're a team. Um, but the, the third one is just, again, trying to bring it an inward. And I think this is from my experience as a swimmer. It's a, it's a me versus me sport. Like even lifting, it's a me versus me sport. Like even, I know you're a big skater, um, you know, to a certain extent, if you're outside of a tournament or a competition, like it's kind of a me versus me type of thing. It's like, can I do this trick? You know, and it doesn't depend on anybody else.
1: And so You versus past you.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, you know, again, bringing it back to fitness, but reminding people that like, they want to go from like point A to point C and they're at point B and they've lost like 15 pounds and they're like, but God damn it. Like, I want to be here today. It's like, hey, don't forget like how far you've come. And so I try to tell myself when I get caught in the comparison game, because we all do, is that at the end of the day, I'm competing with myself and I'm competing with like my own happiness, my own self-worth and my own like who I want to be. And so if I can pause in that moment, and like Dayless said, remind myself like, hey, (laughs) this was a decade ago, like decade ago, Sean would be like standing ovation, like you're doing great, dude, (laughs) you know, and go back further. 15 year old Sean would have his mind blown, like what we've been able to do. And so being in that moment, being present and trying to remind myself that at the end of the day, it's me versus me. I love that. I think it's it's
0: such good advice. And I think it's definitely easier said than done. And I think that's where yes. I struggle when giving advice. Cause I'll even say like, <laughs> my wife used to get so mad at this. We've arguing and I'm like, Hey, hold on. Like, what's the point of arguing? Like, are you, are you leaving me? No, of course not. Okay. Well, then let's just stop. What's the point. <laughs> this is like, we're just, you know what I mean? And she's like, that's no, cause we have to get a point across. And it, And I think sometimes I try to tell people, you know, just look at the positive side or just, just give it a shot or, you know, take a risk. Like I'm very kind of just go with the flow and just, I just take action. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And I keep going. Um, But that's easier said than done. You know, that's, I think that's more of a personality type. So I like the way you went about that because it's it's more practical and it it shows that it's, it's a work in progress because even people like you struggle with that, you know, even people like me, not paying attention to likes is like one of the most difficult things as somebody who markets on Instagram, you know, because- realistically and whether people realize this or not likes don't equal dollar signs, but they also don't equal clients or transformations or anything like that, that we're doing. But it's very hard because that's like the metric we see right away. That's like validation, you know? And I think that it it almost, and you guys can kind of give me your opinion on this if you want. It, It almost comes down to loving yourself more. First, you know what I mean, and like really accepting who you are and being happy with. It's like one of the reasons why I'm so thankful. My wife doesn't have a Facebook. She she barely has an Instagram. She like deletes it half the time. She's not doesn't put personal information. She's so disassociated with that that it's cool because sometimes we'll see people on Instagram and be like like, almost like a celebrity status. You know, like I know fitness professionals that I look up to, and she's like, "Who the fuck is that?" Like I don't care. You know what I mean? And it may reminds me like, oh, we're just humans. Like. She humbles yeah. me, you know what I mean? But um, but I really do think it comes down to that, that self-love first as, as like woo-woo as that sounds.
2: Yeah, no, I would completely agree. And honestly, Cody, it's, it's why I was so hyped to like go up and say what's up to you in Scottsdale was because, and, and I think this is also symptomatic of growing up in Los Angeles and like you're literally taught like, hey, if you see a celebrity, like they're a person too and they might be your neighbor and like, don't bug them. But like, say what's up and be like, yo, I love your movie and then leave them alone. And that's how I approached you. I was like, well, Cody's a human. And like, I just want to, gas him up a little bit because he has made a positive impact on my life. And so remembering that we are human, we all are human at the end of the day. We all are going through the same, you know, comparison games. We're going through the same uh, issues and the same challenges in life. And and then that puts us all on the same playing field. Yeah. I think if if COVID did
0: one thing, it definitely put us all on the same playing field too. It taught a lot of people a lot of things about everything we're talking about. Really. I mean, the most, I think the most time I've ever had for personal development, started when COVID hit and I really started looking at myself in a different light and started picking apart in a positive way, picking myself apart and seeing what I can get better on. Um, but it's so true, man.
2: So true. Yeah. Can I, I want to add a point on this because yeah. also um, I'm going to, I'm going to again, use a sports reference, but say that like, this is Dela and we really vibed on this during quarantine. Um, Cause they have those sayings like uh, you lock yourself in the gym. And so like, I used to play basketball and swim when I was growing up and in basketball, they say like, lock yourself in the gym if you want to get better. And so there's this player, Jimmy Butler, who plays for the Miami Heat right now, and he, two years into his NBA career, sucked. And so between his second and third year, he got rid of social media, he got rid of TV, got rid of internet, and he just hooped. And he came out in that third year, he added like 11 points per game to his average, he made an all-star game, got a huge contract, and he's now like the shit.
1: Jimmy gets buckets.
2: Yeah. And so Dayla now loves like the NBA because of me. And so when quarantine happened, Dayla was like, yo, let's like go Jimmy buckets on them. Like <laughs> we have all the distractions are gone. Like we weren't pissed like, oh, we can't go to movies. Like can't go out to eat. Dayla was like, this is dope. Like all the distractions are taken away. Like now we can just get after our business and like helping people and like doing our thing. Um, so yeah, in that way, COVID kind of helps us out. And also That's like so the NBA is in a bubble right now. So they're all in like their own quarantine to be able to play. Yeah. And apparently um, somebody called in a noise complaint on Jimmy Butler because he was dribbling in his hotel room. And when they came to tell him to stop, he was like drenched in sweat, just like going at it. And so... Oh, we kind crazy. of use him and like Kobe Bryant, others like that who have insane work ethics to help inform how we do things.
0: Well, that's, that's another thing that's easier said than done. That's a common trait amongst successful people is that you, they immediately shift their mind and their focus to something positive that could come from whatever. <laughs> Cause I did the same thing. As soon as it hit, I was like, okay, this could be scary, but what should I be reading? Because I'm going to have more time to read. I should probably get some more audiobooks. because I'm going to go on walks with my, like by myself right. and with my daughter all the time. Now that I have more time, we have all these trails by my house, but like, I just started thinking of all the shit that I could do. I, I started this like uh coaching course on basically how to be a better husband and father. Like I started doing so many different things. Cause I was like, why not? Like, this is like, this is yeah. the universe saying like, Hey, you got some time do something with it. Don't be lazy, you know? But I think that's, that's the thing that I see common with you guys and with many successful people is they actually do that. They think that way right away.
1: Yeah, one of my favorite quotes right now that Sean and I both have been talking about is um, you are what you repeatedly think, mm. And, um, when things like COVID hit, you, you, you do have a choice. You could be like, this is the worst. My gym's going to close. I can't do this. I can't do that. Can't, can't Worst worst. terrible, terrible. And you can absolutely convince yourself that that's the story. Or you can think like, what is possible? What do I have more time for? What do I have more space for? Like, oh, I hated commuting. I hated traffic. Isn't it cool that I get to do this instead? Isn't it cool that I can get creative with at-home workouts? And it's just two different trains of thought to people that, you know, in a lot of ways are having the same experience. And so like some people are just looking for the negatives out the gate and other people are looking and finding the silver linings.
2: And I think this is where the comparison game can kind of go the other way because, you know, you really tapped into I was a history major. So your industrial revolution reference like really stuck Mm. with me. Um, I, you know, we're all inside and as a history major and like my grandfather fought in World War Two and was actually part of a group that freed a lot of the Jews that were in one of the internment camps. And so my mind immediately went to like, how is this life now in 2020 being quarantined stuck inside compared to like World War Two? compared to other times in history when people were like held against their will without tv without internet without a cell phone without social media without the ability to go get food like when they shut it down and they were like hey you can only go to the grocery store and the pharmacy my mind still went to like okay well i've heard these like crazy stories coming out of like poland back in the late 1930s early 1940s where people couldn't even get bread or like that was the only thing they could get and they had people telling them to go fuck themselves the entire time it's like I can get on a Zoom with our family. Like, Dayla and I can have, like, Zoom date night. We can do a podcast. like, And so I would sometimes use the comparison game to make me feel better about what I was going through.
0: I think that's the positive way to use comparison, right? I think that, like, it, yeah. and it's really just perspective. I think people's perspective somewhat determines their actions and their success. And I always say, like, everything's a choice. Like, your results are a choice. Your health is a choice. Your success is a choice. Your happiness is a choice because you have to have the perspective and take action on these things. Um, so I love that you use that reference at the end, and I think that's perfect. Uh, I, I could I could probably literally go on and on with you guys because there's just so many things we have in common when it comes to this this spectrum. So I'm glad we really just kind of harped on personal development today. Yeah. Um, but before we close out, where can everybody find you guys? Where's all your content? All that stuff, um, so we can make sure people can go check you out.
2: Okay, I'll go first. Well, you should go first. Like. There was- <laughs> okay.
1: My Instagram is Dayla Loves Dumbbells. My name is actually spelt D-A-L-A like Dalla. Um, my nickname used to be Dalla Bills, but yeah, Dayla Loves Dumbbells. And our company is DLD Nation. So um, our Instagram website, everything is DLD Nation.
2: Yeah, so DLDNation.com. You can find me via Instagram. It's Fitness Shaman. And yes, there are three S's in the middle that kind of throws people off. So Fitness Shaman on Instagram. You can find us, like Dayla said, through the DLD Nation Instagram account. Um, and then also I'm like a 1,000 followers, like LOL about followers, but I'm about a 1,000 <laughs> followers away from 10K so I can do a swipe up. And so until then, you can find links to you know apply for our team, um, all those other fun stuff, including uh, a podcast that I'm excited to have you on at some point too, Cody. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You know, it's funny because coming onto this, I was like, I hope they say her name first because... I knew I was going to butcher it because I couldn't remember how you pronounced it last time I met you. And I was like, I hate when I butcher names. Um, Dude, so I was, everybody,
1: everybody says Dala, but I, I always Dala. like give them grace because I'm like my parents should have given me a Y like Kayla with a D that would have been so solid. Yeah.
0: And then also, and with yours, I, I, I literally, I remember this was either right before we met or like right after we met and I'm horrible with names, but Jordan was, he mentioned your name and I was like, oh, I'll have to go check that person out. Like, I don't know who he's like, yes, you do, the fitness shaman. I was like, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. But it's funny how Instagram names can do that. You know, like if, if you see somebody's like Instagram name and it's not their actual name, like when I bring my wife places and people call me Boom Boom, she thinks that's the weirdest thing. But
1: <laughs>
0: they know me as, you know what I mean? So-
2: um,
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah.
2: It reminds me of like uh, rap names. And yeah. so like, it's like, oh, it's Doug Aesthetics. Like, oh, it's yeah. Dale Lowe's <laughs> Sam Miller yeah. Science. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's yeah, fun in that way. It's funny that Jordan mentioned that because when they invited us, like Jordan and Aaron turned us on to the event Scottsdale, and then we were looking through and I saw you were there and I was like, oh, like we were already gonna go. But I was like, all right, now we're definitely gone. And I mentioned Jordan and Jordan was like yeah, I'll, I'll like mention you to him like I'd love to introduce you guys and I was like he won't know who I am But like he should remember like the likes and the follow and like the comments and stuff So it's funny that you were like, oh, yeah, like that guy. I, I know that guy.
0: Yeah, 100% <laughs> and in your your last name is like Scottish or Irish or something
2: It's Irish. Yeah, McDevitt
0: Okay. You don't look Irish. So that kind of threw me off too. And, and I'm Irish McBroom. So obviously, but, yeah. um, but that kind of threw me off too, but, um, I'll let you guys get going. I want to take too much more of your time. I appreciate you guys coming on. This was really fun. Uh, and yeah, thank you for, for spending the time with me.
1: Yeah. Thanks yeah. so much for having us. Thanks Cody. Before I let you
0: go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering. And because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. Please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, Head over to boomboomformance.com slash sign dash up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the nutrition hierarchy.